Hello, Horror Nights in family, and welcome to another episode of Horror Nights in podcast. I am your host, Crystal, and on this podcast, we talk about old horror, fresh horror, my life, and of course, Roxy is here as my co-host. Also, for more behind-the-scenes horror content from me, make sure you are following me on my socials, Twitter at HorrorDaddiesRUs, Instagram at HorrorNightsIn. Also, make sure you guys are subscribed to my YouTube channel at Horror Nights In. I put new episodes of this podcast out every other Monday and new YouTube videos every single Wednesday. Thank you guys if you are listening to this recorded podcast. So let's get into the episode. Welcome to Horror Nights In Podcast. Scary movies. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? into the meat of this episode, I wanted to let you guys know that my Patreon page is now live. I actually made it um, go live on Halloween. Um, There are three different tiers. Uh, I don't want to talk too, too much about it. Um, The link to the Patreon is in the description box below. Basically, you get uh, premium exclusive content from me, videos, podcasts, photos, um, basically everything that I uh, have in my brain. And I didn't want to overwhelm my socials and my YouTube. Um, So Patreon, honestly, was the best answer. And because I want you guys to feel a more closer connection to me. And um, yeah, I just want to share all the content that I have with you guys that's just roaming around for rent-free in my brain. Um, You know, if, if, um, if you're listening to this video... Um, the link of course is now live and in the description box below. So come join the Horror Nights in Patreon family and I will see you there. So I kind of wanted to go off script for a little bit and talk to you guys about the podcast. So the podcast, um, I've been doing this now for about three years. Uh, I put my first episode out on Halloween of 2017, 18. Um, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I just remember it was around Halloween time. And since then, I have definitely, um, I've grown the brand. Um, You know, I have my Twitter and my Instagram and also now my YouTube page, um, which I'm so proud of all those things. But I sort of just wanted to get back to the core of podcasting. this was my first project that I ever did uh, when it came to the Horror Nights in brand. Um, if you guys are longtime listeners, obviously it was Horror Nights in podcast um, that I kind of rebranded so that I could take it to other um, parts of social media. Um, I was recording the episodes um, for YouTube, but um, just with time and things like that, time constraint, I may halt that for a little bit because I have so much content that I want to cover and I don't like not uploading a podcast every other Monday when I tell you guys that I do and then I don't. Um, That's pretty much false advertising and I want to be on a better schedule for you guys so that every other Monday you will have an episode. 
um, that will be on iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud. Even if it's not, you know, the actual recording of the episode on YouTube, you're still going to have this content. And I think at the end of the day, that's what's most important to me is making the content for you guys because I... Obviously, you guys know I spent a lot of time writing this stuff out and thinking about ideas and coming up with interesting topics. Um, You guys know that I do the podcast by myself, so I don't rely on anyone else to get me through these episodes. It's just me. Um, And I find weird, strange times to record these episodes. You know, it could be after work. It could be before work. It could be you know, uh, a random afternoon that I just have time to do that. This podcast is really, really important to me. Um, it's something that I do by myself. It's something that I really enjoy and I look forward to along with the YouTube and all those other things as well. Um, so I promise I will be more consistent for you guys because I think it's really important to do that. And, um, yeah, so I promise that I'm going to have an episode out every other Monday, as I say in my intro. So thank you guys so much for continuing to support Horror Nights in, and I promise that I will do better. Uh, so moving on to some other news. Uh, thank you guys so much. Um, if you voted in this last election, that was insane. That was kind of another reason why I took a little bit of a break. I feel like the world was very tuned into the news for five, four, four or five days. At least I know that I was. Um, and then over the weekend, it was my birthday. So thank you guys so much, um, for wishing me a happy birthday. I really appreciate that. It was nice. Got to just get away with a small group of friends, um, to a cabin in the middle of the woods. Uh, so that was fun. Um, I'm glad to be home. I'm glad to be sitting here in front of my microphone recording this episode for you guys. Um, I definitely need breaks sometimes, um, and of course, taking breaks is important. I know that you guys understand, obviously, this is a one-woman show, so everything you see in here um, is just from me. Um, so with all that being said, <laughs> thank you so much for being here again. Also, have you guys noticed on TikTok, I'm not sure if you guys are into that particular app, but the film Megan is missing has been trending and people are sharing their reactions to this film and how it's pretty much like a snuff film. Um, about a year ago on my YouTube channel, I put out a a series called the top seven scariest films we've ever seen. And Megan is missing is actually number one. Um, and I was getting a lot of notifications the other day and I was like, what is going on? Why is, why is everybody commenting on this video? And, um, the views for that particular video have just skyrocketed. And then I realized I did a little bit more research. The film is actually trending on TikTok and people, like I said, are sharing their reactions to the film. And it's just like, and I tweeted out yesterday, like the horror family and the, and the horror community, like we've been known that this film is really fucked up. Like we know how this film is. We've did our, our research on this. We've watched this film Without really even knowing, and I and I say this in the video too. Um, I'll link it down in the description box below if you guys haven't checked it out. Short video, it's only like nine minutes. Um, and I basically just shit all over this film because I was so 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 traumatized, and everybody's sort of feeling that way. I mean, I've had people in the comments tell me that they have just they they're so traumatized they can't get this this fucking film out of their minds, and how the last twenty six minutes and. Um, you know, I, I am happy that it's raising awareness of child predators online, but at the same time, like, I just feel like when I first watched this film, after it was over, I kind of just sat there and was like, what the fuck? Like, am I 
was I supposed to watch that film? Like, how the fuck is this on Hulu right now? I apologize for my language right now, but that film, I, I, I watched it two to three years ago at this point. And I remember, uh, people would ask me like, Oh, what's the scariest horror film you've ever seen? And I'd be like, Megan is missing, but don't go and watch it because it's literally not a horror film. It's like, do you want to be traumatized film for the rest of your life kind of thing? Um, now, now I'm a little bit better with it. Um, so I did start dating somebody and he wants to watch the film. And I said, absolutely not. We are not watching this film. Nope, 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 nope. I'm not watching it. I refuse to watch it again. One time is enough. One time is enough for me to just have it completely embedded in my brain for the rest of my life. So as I said in the video a year ago, take caution if you want to see this film or if you want to seek out to this film. I do not recommend it um, at all. So, but you know, some people have morbid curiosity and they want to watch it. More power to you. I'm never going to watch it. So, and also guys, I apologize. My voice is a little raspy. Um, at the cabin, we had like a old school chimney uh, wood burning fireplace thing and it definitely got to the senses so I have been having to pause this podcast every couple minutes so that I can sneeze cough and then blow my nose um so I apologize if my voice sounds a little raggedy um but I don't know maybe some people like that um so as you guys know I have been adding new segments to the podcast uh the first is where I chit chat about a shutter horror film that I watched um, I call it a sec with Shudder. In no way am I affiliated with Shudder yet. Shudder has so many interesting and unique horror films to watch, and I wanted to challenge myself to watch more. Uh, so last week, I watched The House of the Devil. So it was written and directed by Ty West, and it was released in 2009. So this film centers on a desperate woman who is who wants to make some money so she can move into a new apartment. Um, her name is Samantha Hughes, and she is a college student, and she takes a mysterious babysitting job. Uh, when she arrives at the house, Mr. Ullman mentions a full lunar eclipse and explains there is no child, but that Samantha will be watching his mother instead. After exploring the sinister-seeming house, Samantha soon comes to realize that her employers are hiding a horrifying secret and plan to use her, dead or alive. So the twisted ending will give you you a little shook. Uh, If you haven't watched this film, I think you should check it out and let me know your thoughts. Uh, So I did see this film going around Twitter for a little bit, and uh, I did a little bit of research on it, saw that it was on Shudder, and that was the reason why I wanted to watch it. Um, I really enjoyed it. it. The ending definitely got to me. I don't want to give a spoiler away or anything because if you haven't watched it, I really urge you to. And make sure you guys, if you don't have Shudder, to get it because Shudder is awesome. Um, Shudder has a Halloween uh, Yule Log, which I love putting on. Um, so yeah, if you haven't watched The House um, of the Devil, go check it out and let me know what you think. Um, so the second segment that I've added to the podcast is what's in the horror news segment. So basically we chat about anything new and exciting in the horror film world. Um, so we learned that the conjuring three, AKA the conjuring, the devil maybe do it was actually set to hit theaters in September, but was delayed to June, 2021. And, uh, Patrick Wilson promises fans the new film will hit in 2021. He tweeted, COVID be damned, we are going to bring C3 to you guys in 21. 
interesting and exciting. Of course, I do hope everybody stays safe, especially now that we are probably going to be pushed into another lockdown. Um, But super happy news for us horror fans. Uh, Are you guys excited about the newest addition to The Conjuring World? How do we feel about it? Um, I particularly love The Conjuring. Um, I don't really know how I feel about the second one, but the first one definitely goes down in history as very scary. Um, If you guys have been listening to the podcast for a long time, you know that I am completely traumatized by anything that has to do with uh, demonic spirits and a sheet over somebody's head. And that is in both (laughs) those two things are in this film. And of course now, um, you know, child predator snuff films as well um so but i am excited to hear that the film is making some leeway and we will be getting it uh hopefully next summer so um but like i said i hope everybody stays safe you know you don't want to push out a movie and put the health of people uh in jeopardy but uh so now let's move on to today's topic i want to talk about phobias and a few films that center on our deepest and darkest phobias So a phobia can be defined as an extreme or irrational fear of an, or an aversion to something. So I really find this topic interesting because I know that as human beings, we all have primal fears and some people's primal fears can be different than others. Uh, for instance, I have a fear of flying, um, I have a, but some people don't, some people really enjoy flying. They want everything to do with flying. (laughs) Um, but for me in particular, I just freak out. I mean, I'm okay. I can get on a plane, but I can't relax when I'm on a plane at all. So there's some, you know, I don't want to say there's weird phobias out there because if somebody has a phobia of something, it's not weird to them. It's actually probably very traumatizing. There have been a lot of different shows um, over the years, whether it was on like TLC or like MTV, talking about people's irrational phobias. Some people have phobias of birds or animals. Um, and then you kind of get into the realm of people with OCD. And what I mean by that is someone may have an irrational Uh, fear or OCD of having to, uh, you know, check the lock on something, um, flip light switches on and off. Those aren't really considered phobias, but it is the fear of something potentially happening if you don't do this thing, such as rituals, things like that. Um, I'll give you an example. My best friend, Steven, he has to kiss the plane before he gets onto the actual plane. So what he means by that is he kind of just like kisses his hand and then he puts his hand um, as you're walking from the terminal into onto the plane, he kind of just touches the plane with his hand. So that's considered, um, you know, an OCD. I don't want to say that because, um, I, of course I'm not a medical expert. Um, but it's his fear that if he doesn't do this, then something bad may happen. And of course, once again, this ties into anxiety. We all have, Uh, You know, I I would have to, I I would like to safely say that the majority of the population, whether it's in the United States or the entire world, has anxiety at this point. The fear of something in your brain that's telling you if you don't do it, something bad is going to happen. Or something saying, just making up complete and utter lies in your brain. And you sort of just believing it. Um, I'll give you an example. Like, if I don't pack a... Let's say I'm packing to go on a trip 
and I have all the clothes laid out that I want to wear and I see this one t-shirt that I don't know if I want to bring yet. So then I get into this like, okay, maybe I don't. But then your brain starts to be like, well, if you don't bring that t-shirt, what if you died? If you brought the t-shirt, you wouldn't die. It's it's actually pretty crazy. Of course, you guys know I'm in therapy, so <laughs> I don't want to say it's crazy. It's just how your brain works sometimes when you have anxiety. And that kind of really ties into phobias as well. Because if you have a phobia or something and you're trying to sort of get over that phobia or conquer that phobia, there's certain things that you'll do to to sort of rationalize yourself to understand why you have the phobia of this certain thing. So the first phobia I want to talk about is, of course, (laughs) centered around the film Cabin Fever. I have talked about this film many a time in the past and I've really enjoyed Eli Roth's film. I actually, over the weekend, um, Eli Roth had a special, it's an older special, um, but it was really interesting because he kind of delved into all of his different films. Um, But going back to Cabin Fever, we all know that back bathroom scene tub and we all know how cringe the entire film is um so this and I apologize as I go through this podcast if I pronounce one of the phobias wrong I'm gonna do my best to make sure that I'm saying every single phobia correctly um so this film definitely played on triophobia, which gained momentum when it took over the internet and also made its way onto American horror story cult So this phobia is an aversion to the sight of irregular patterns or clusters of small holes or bumps. So it's not officially recognized as a mental disorder, but may have been diagnosed as a specific phobia if excessive fear and distress occur. So people may express only disgust this type of triphobic imagery. So in the cabin fever, we see the friends fall prey to a horrible flesh eating disease, which of course coincides with the phobia. Uh, I actually personally feel a little uneasy seeing the photos pertaining to this photo, to this phobia, but if you do, uh, want, if you're not, if you've never heard of this before and you want to Google it, um, just fair warning, it's pretty gross. People have definitely, um, (laughs) edited the small bumps and holes onto people's faces and skins and things like that. And it's, it could be something like that, or it could be something as, as small as a beehive, um, If you did happen to watch American Horror Story Season 9 Cult, then you kind of have an idea of what it is when she goes to sit down for dinner that her wife has made her, and um, it's a souffle, but she sees a bunch of holes in it, and then also when she's in therapy with her therapist, and there's like a coral or something behind him on the shelf, um... And even the promo photo of American Horror Story Cult, um, they put the bumps on the tongue and the forehead. And, the, and it was funny, when I first saw the promo poster for it, I was like, oh, it's going to be about phobias. Um, I actually really, going off on a little tangent, that's actually one of my favorite seasons. I thought it was very well done. I know a lot of people were making fun of Sarah Paulson and all that, but of course Sarah Paulson is queen. Um, she can do no wrong in my eyes. Um, but I really liked that season. I do go back back and rewatch that one and uh, Hotel. Um, but yeah, there's actually... Um, the, there's also a fear of disease, um, which definitely correlates to this film, maybe even a little bit more than uh, the triphobia. But um, definitely, anyone who is in a fear, who has a fear of, of you know a disease and things like that, which you know obviously would correlate back to 
2020. (laughs) Um, So, yes, uh, definitely a film that (laughs) I love, but can be hard to watch for sure. Um, So the next phobia I kind of touched on a little bit I want to cover is aerophobia, which of course is the fear of flying. Um, I love traveling. I love seeing new places, of course, when it's safe. (laughs) Um, But I really hate flying. I can never fully relax on a plane. Um, Like I said, I know there are some out there that love being on a plane, but it's just not for me. Uh, So of course, I had to talk about the first final destination, which as we all know, starts with that crazy ass airplane crash. Uh, This scene feeds uh, directly into the fear of flying. There's always the what if when you strap yourself onto a plane seat. Um, The feeling of turbulence and falling from the sky is also not pleasant. I remember I was taking a very short plane ride from Florida. I'm never going to Florida again. Just kidding. Love you if you're from Florida. Um, I remember I was flying back from Florida to um, Pennsylvania and we hit such bad turbulence and I thought I I just I thought I was gonna puke. I thought I was gonna pass out. And I remember the lady next to me, and she was tra- she was very nice. She was trying to be like, it's okay. Like I've been in a lot worse turbulence. We'll be fine. And I'm just like, I'm like waiting for those oxygen masks to come down. Now, mind you, it was very dramatic. But at the same time, you're literally thousands and thousands and thousands of feet up into the air on this huge, you know, megaton thing that. I don't even know actually how it flies. I don't even know the mechanics of flying and how a plane is able to fly in the air. I know it has a lot to do with the engine and all those things. I get it. I I get some of it. But the fact that I am flying that fast, it's just, uh, it'll never sit right with me. I think I've gotten a little bit better over the years. Um, I used to be horrible with it, uh, but... Yeah, so if you have a fear of flying, which I know a lot of people do, um, a lot of people, uh, you know, celebrities and normal people, everybody gets anxiety when they have to fly. Um, But, I mean, that's just, until we can figure out how to transport, you know, teleport, then, unfortunately, we have to go on planes. Uh, So next, of course, is the phobia of enclosed spaces, claustrophobia. Once again, I feel like a lot of people deal with this one, too. Uh, There are a lot of films that also deal with this, either the entire film or certain parts of the film. So we have Buried and The Descent and As Above, So Below. So in Buried, starring Ryan Reynolds, he spends the entire film trapped inside of a coffin, And of course, in The Descent, which is one of my favorite badass female horror films, we have the cave divers trying to find their way back to the surface and um, having to crawl through really tight spaces of rock and earth. Um, And then, of course, we have in uh, As Above, So Below, which also is another one of my favorite films. The characters are forced to crawl through human bones to get to different parts and places under the catacombs. Um, So... These films have definitely made me feel very, very uneasy. Um, I can get claustrophobic even if, like, I'll give you guys another example. So the other night, over the weekend, we were in the cabin. Um, As I said in the beginning, why my voice is so raspy is because there was a very old but very powerful um, wood-burning stove and or a wood-burning fireplace it made the, and the cabin wasn't too big. There was like a loft. My friend Steven and I were on the loft or up in the loft sleeping. 
And I woke up around four o'clock in the morning and I felt as if I was being suffocated. I felt extremely claustrophobic because it was so incredibly hot and my anxiety was triggered. Now, thankfully, there was um, a window directly by my head, so I was able to just push it open and I was fine. But it was that same feeling of being completely trapped in this heat ball, this ball of heat. And I also had uh, two blankets on. So I just remember waking up and like ripping the blankets off of me and just being extremely uncomfortable. Now, mind you, this is not (laughs) the same as being thousands of feet under the earth, you know, trapped in rock or buried in a coffin. Um, But that's always something that I have never, oh, I just don't like it. And and it's, it's crazy how those things can be triggered because even though the area that I was in was spacious... To, to an extent, I still felt extremely claustrophobic. And this is not the first time this has happened to me. I remember I was staying at a friend's house uh, a couple years ago and I had fallen asleep and um, she was laying next to me and she had a really big comforter on because, of course, it was cold. It was in the middle of winter. The heat was on. And I just remember waking up and feeling like so suffocated because I was like pushed into the corner of where her bed was or the corner of her, you know, bedroom. And I just remember like, ripping the comforter off and not being able to breathe. So um, that's just, like I said, those are small examples, but it makes sense as to why, you know, claustrophobia is something that a lot of people have have a a fear of. Um, So next is the fear of clowns, Uh, colophobia. We all know at least one person who hates clowns. Uh, Shout out to my friend Tara. We went to a haunted house a couple years ago and they had a clown room and I literally had to drag her through it. Um, And we also know a ton of films that are centered around clowns. Of course, we have It, It 2, Hell House LLC, The House's October Belt, Wrinkles the Clown, Terrifier, and of course, Robert Zombies 31. Um... So I personally do not have a fear of clowns. Um, They do not scare me. I think they're actually pretty fucking badass. Um, I love when people have really spooky-ass clown masks. I think that's really awesome. Of course, I have to do a shout-out to Pennywise, but also the clown from Hell House LLC. If you guys remember, if you've seen that film, um, they just released a director's cut of the film as well, which was really, really awesome. I still have to watch it, but I'm going to watch it before it's off of Hulu. Um... And also, do you guys remember when they had those like crazy, insane sightings of clowns all over the country? Um, Did we ever really get a solid explanation as to why these things were happening? (laughs) I don't really think so. I think a lot of people were saying that it was, um, I think it was for like promotion for either one of Rob Zombie film or actually it but I'm not really sure and I never we never really got an explanation as to why we had these weird clown sightings all over the country now like I said take everything you see on the internet with a grain of salt but I feel like there's at least one or two authentic ones in there that probably sparked a bunch of other ones to be made as well but um, I'm sure anybody who has a phobia of clowns is just not not happy with the fact that that was trending for a while um, maybe somebody should bring it back, you know, socially distance, of course, you know, um, but yeah, that's one phobia that I don't think I've ever had. I think clowns are really cool. I think they're really interesting. Um, 
you know, and also, of course, we have, you know, the clown from American Horror Story, which I thought was just so freaking cool and so badass. Um, so that's definitely not one phobia that I can relate to. Um, like I said, I think clowns are badass. Uh, so next is... Um, somnophobia, which is the fear of sleep. So you guys can already probably guess where I'm going to go with this one. We all know the story of the Nightmare on Elm Street and Freddy Krueger. We all know that if we fall asleep, Freddy can get us in our dreams. Um, so another reason and cause behind this phobia is actually sleep paralysis and nightmare disorder. Sleep paralysis is a sleep disorder that occurs when you fall asleep or when you wake up from REM sleep with your muscles paralyzed, making it hard to move. You might experience nightmare-like hallucinations, which can make sleep paralysis very frightening, especially if you have reoccurring episodes. And nightmare disorder causes frequent vivid nightmares and can cause distress throughout your day. You might find yourself thinking back to the scenes from the nightmares and feel afraid of what happened in your dream or worrying about having more nightmares, which of course causes the fear of falling asleep. Um, so I personally don't have a fear of falling asleep. Um, I love sleep. I wish I could sleep more, but you know, it happens. Things change. Um, so I, and I know that I feel like for a while sleep paralysis, paralysis videos were like trending on YouTube for a while because a lot of people, a lot of YouTubers are talking about their experiences and having it. Um, and then you have things like astro projecting, um, which I can actually cover in another episode if you guys are interested in, in hearing that. Um, so I feel like I've maybe had sleep paralysis once and I remember it was years ago. I was really sick. Um, and I had taken NyQuil before I went to sleep and apparently you guys, I don't know if you know this, but NyQuil is just like a sleep aid. It actually doesn't do anything for a cold. It just makes you go to sleep. But obviously, you know, when you're going to, when you're sleeping, that's when your body's able to rejuvenate, things like that. Now I am, once again, I am not a doctor, so I could be completely wrong. Um, but anyway, I must have taken too much. Um, I remember having a very high fever and just being completely exhausted from the day. Um, and I took NyQuil and I just must have taken a little bit too much. And I ended up waking up and I couldn't move. I felt very dizzy. I felt, I felt like my entire body was like cement, um, now, because I don't understand sleep paralysis the way that somebody else would who has it, or of course a doctor, I cannot truly say if it's something that I experienced. Um, I did have the feeling of being very weighted down. Um, I did have the feeling of being like, okay, like I have to go to the bathroom, but I can't move. And I honestly just like, <laughs> I just think I took too much NyQuil and I think that I was just really tired. And I think that I was still delusional from just having a higher fever. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if that's something that I experienced. Um, so I, I try to stay awake from NyQuil just for that reason, because it's definitely could have been sleep paralysis induced, you know, a NyQuil induced sleep paralysis, which I'm sure is probably not that uncommon. Um, so I think that's going to be it for this episode. I know I covered quite a lot of them and I know that there are still so many out there, but... Uh, I just wanted to cover some of the ones that I've either had experiences with or some phobias that I didn't have at all. Um, 
Let me know what you guys think. If you have any of these phobias, what kind of things uh, do you do to avoid this phobia? I know that there is like arachnophobia, which is, of course, the fear of spiders, which I do not have. Um, I know that there, you know, there's triskaidekaphobia, which is the fear of the number 13, which I do not have either because I was born on the 13th. Um, so I know that there are a shit ton more phobias out there. So let me know down in the comments below um, what phobias do you have? Um, um, what phobias do you want me to maybe talk about in the future? Um, and thank you guys so, so much for listening to another episode of Horror Nights. And once again, my name is Crystal. Roxy is here as well. She's just napping right now. Make sure you guys are following me on my socials for all horror content. Make sure you guys check out my Patreon page if it's something that you're interested in. And I will promise I will see you guys um, in the next episode. And of course, we put new episodes out every other Monday and a new YouTube video every Wednesday. Uh, all right. I will talk to you guys later. Have a good week. Bye. Welcome to Horror Nights In Podcast. Scary movies. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Here's John.